0: This is I Doubt It with Dollamore, with hosts Jesse Dollamore and Brittany Page, a podcast dedicated to free thinking and open minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show, episode 75. This is November 23rd, 2014. I am your host, Jesse Dollimore, and sitting less stressed across from me is my lovely co-host, Brittany Page.
1: I am so much less stressed.
0: Got a little time off, little little breathing room, as it were.
1: Yes, a whole week off, and I turned in three papers last week, so that's a lot <laughs> off my chest. Although I am still concerned because in one of my classes, my professor has a real problem, I guess, with my writing because I love oh, to use... Oh, is,
0: is this split infinitive guy?
1: Right. I love to use <laughs> split infinitives.
0: <laughs> and
1: Which I didn't know what that meant.
0: Either did I. And I fancy myself somewhat of a, a decent writer. And I had no idea.
1: Right. I, I didn't know it was a real thing. Apparently, it is a real thing. I.
0: The jury's out.
1: Yeah, I went to grammargirl.com or whatever. Yeah. And she says it's not really a real rule, but you know, I can't really listen to her because my professor's the one that's grading my paper. So as long as I'm in this class, it is a real rule.
0: Well, explain. Explain what it is.
1: So infinitives are
0: I can hear I can hear iPods. People don't even own iPods anymore, but I can hear iPhones. And iTunes being switched off all over the world right now. <laughs> but go ahead because some people are going to be interested in this.
1: Okay. Infinitives are defined as the unmarked form of a verb. So, like go, sprinkle, run, or split. Right. And then a full infinitive is made up of two words, usually putting the word to, T O, in front of the word. So, to go to sprinkle to run right and what a split infinitive is is putting a word in between the two and the go
0: like to quickly run
1: right that's w- a problem it, it should
0: be to to run quickly
1: right that's what you need to write
0: which i think is i mean i guess it's maybe more direct but i think there is something to be said for flowery language and i the conversations we've had about this particular doctor this particular professor um He is very concerned about things that, Aren't regular concerns for most people, I would say.
1: Right, and this isn't an English class. You know, this is not a graduate level psychology class. Right, but we are having these extreme writing requirements, which is good. I'm not complaining. But you know, every is oh, extra
0: stressful for you.
1: Right, and every professor is different. I mean, throughout my college career, I've had professors that care a lot about certain things, and then others that didn't care about those things. I remember my first English professor. Her big thing was she didn't want us using the word that. In our paper, right, and we would get our paper back with every single that crossed out, and she trained us to not use the word at all well
0: i've I've believed this for many, many years that it is way overused right if If you say, "I feel that the sky is blue," yeah, you don't need that there. you just say, "I feel the sky is blue, yes, sometimes though it's necessary, and I think what her lesson went a long way. You're a little bit more problematic because you get paranoid and take it to the extreme where I think you probably, I don't know this, but I would say that you have the tendency to maybe take it out when maybe it's needed because you're so paranoid not to use it.
1: Well, that's what happens to me now because I still try not to use it. (laughs) And you've read my papers before and said, well, I think you should put that in here. And I'm like, I don't like to do that. It's like so ingrained in me that it's hard for me to do it now.
2: Well,
0: it is weird how there isn't one specific. Well, let's put it this way. You've you've clearly gone through the the, uh, the 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 process of academia through junior high and high school through undergraduate and now your graduate degree, and this is the first time you've had someone complain about your writing related to split infinitives.
1: Yeah, that's another thing. I've always, my writing has been praised. Right. And I don't want to like, you know... (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to do that. (laughs) But I always do well in writing. I almost got a perfect score on my essay, on my GRE, and I've just always done well. No. (laughs) No. And then
0: that's her tooting her own horn, and everybody. Yeah,
1: and so I got my <laughs> I got my first paper back in this class, and it was a B, and I'm like, "What is happening?" And he's like, "No split infinitives," and I'm like, "What the hell is that?" So it's just been a process,
0: also a process of decompression for you, and it's it's you're not the normal student, I would say, because you you are extra stressed out about things, you are extra conscientious about. These type of things. So you're extra stressed and freaked the fuck out.
1: Right. And I was actually in tears after one of my papers because another issue he told me was um, when I was using the phrase clients or the word clients, I couldn't use, the, I, I couldn't call them there. Yeah. I needed to say his or her or him or her. Wait, well, what? you
0: couldn't <laughs> because there is, uh, it's plural. Right. So if you're speaking about a client, you couldn't say their feelings right. because their indicates more than one person. Right. Which is another thing I didn't know.
1: I always thought it was just like the general term yeah. for saying their. I I don't know. It yeah. was it was Very weird. it's all been an education for me. <laughs> so
0: literally. Literally.
1: Yeah. So I guess it's good. <laughs> I'm learning and improving and that's good.
0: Absolutely. Well, good. And you're less stressed out because you have a little time off, a little time to decompress over this mild holiday break.
1: Yeah, and then it's back to finals. Yeah.
0: So it is almost Thanksgiving. I do want to start off the show kind of thanking you guys for your submissions for our Thanksgiving episode. It is going to be an abbreviated episode, not, not the full hour or hour 10. We're going to talk about you know, thanks, thanks in general.
1: Yeah, we want it to be a positive episode, so probably no Bill Cosby rape or anything like that. No
0: asshole of today, none of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we'll probably just have like an optimistic show, but I have been very impressed by the submissions. There are some beautiful, moving, just awesome submissions, and and we're so excited.
0: We are going to have the episode for you a little earlier than normal. I'm not going to have it post right at midnight or just before midnight Wednesday night. I'll probably have it for you sometime early wednesday or midday wednesday pacific standard time because i know everybody is not going to dedicate their time to the podcast on thursday so th- thanks again everybody for your dedication and your participation in our little our little reindeer game
1: although i'm sure you could put the podcast on and listen to it as a family
0: oh that would be great because it will be it will be positive and profanity free
1: <laughs> yes, that is true.
0: So since today isn't our Thanksgiving episode, <laughs> it is going to be filled with Bill Cosby and other like assholes. Yes. And a little bit of profanity Mm-hmm. because that's how we roll. Yes. Or that's how I roll. Yeah. So last episode, we talked about Don Lemon. And how he—it's uh, tough. I, I don't know how. I want to be—I want to be decent to him and give him the benefit of the doubt, but it's tough. And I, just
1: in case people are coming in right now, Don Lemon is a CNN anchor.
0: That's right. He's a CNN anchor who was interviewing one of Bill Cosby's alleged rape victims.
1: That was important. Good job.
0: Yeah, I, I also emphasized mm. it. So he. Well I tell you what, we'll just play it again just to refresh your memory.
3: Can I ask you this because mm-hmm. we and and, mm-hmm. and please I don't I don't mean to be crude, okay? Yeah. Because I know some of you and you said this last night that he you lied to him and said, I have an infection mm-hmm. and if you rape me or if you do if you have mm-hmm. intercourse with mm-hmm. me, then you will probably get it and give it to your wife. Right. And you said he would he made you perform oral sex. Right. You you know, there are ways not to perform oral sex if you oh, want to do it.
4: Um, I was kind of stoned at the time, mm-hmm. and quite honestly, that didn't even enter my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I wish it would have. Right. But,
3: Meaning the using of the teeth, right? Mm-hmm. You're yes, that's what I'm thinking. Weapon, You're, yeah, I didn't
4: even think of it.
3: Biting. So.
4: Um, Ouch.
3: <laughs> yes. I, I had to ask. I yes, mean, no, it I
5: didn't, it didn't yeah. cross my mind.
0: Again, you didn't have to ask. Yeah. <laughs> and you know that there are ways to not have oral sex if you don't want to. That's what he said.
1: Jesse, as people may remember from the last episode, had predicted that Don Lemon would apologize.
0: Yeah, well, it doesn't take it doesn't take a, a NASA rocket scientist to to have figured out that that's probably what was going to happen, but it is what happened. And the very next day, this, not to keep using the word, but this happened.
3: Welcome back, everyone. I need to say something before we get to our next story. A word about my interview last night with Cosby accuser Joan Tarsus. Uh, As I am a victim myself, I would never want to suggest that any victim could have prevented a rape. If my question to her struck anyone as insensitive, I am sorry, as that is certainly and was not my intention.
0: He, 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 he would never want to suggest that someone could prevent their own rape. As a victim himself, he would never want to suggest that. Well, let's, let's juxtapose the two comments against one another.
3: You, you know, there are ways not to perform oral sex if you oh. want to do it. I would never want to suggest that any victim could have prevented a rape. You know, there are ways not to perform oral sex if you... I would would never want to suggest that any victim could have prevented a rape.
1: That's pretty problematic. It sounds like he was doing that.
3: It's exactly what he did.
1: So that's unfortunate.
0: And and the thing of it is, after his little pseudo-apology, he goes on to say something about, well, sometimes when stuff like this happens, tough questions have to be asked and, you know, it's just the way it is. You didn't have to ask that. That's not part of, you know, I know this is going to be tough for you to recount and it's going to bring up a lot of bad memories to remember the trauma and recount it. But what happened that night? That would be tough. That's a tough question to ask. A tough question isn't...
1: Did you use your teeth?
0: Yeah, you, you know you can bite his dick, right? <laughs> huh. I just kind of doubt that... I don't know why I'm doing a hillbilly accent.
1: Well, because this is what you would expect.
0: It's, right, that's right.
1: But it's Don Lemon, <laughs> this educated... Gay, important gay man, serious man and who he, claims to
0: have been a victim too
1: and he just d- completely messed up and here's what drives me insane about these apologies is rather than owning it and saying you know what i made a mistake i shouldn't have asked the question that i asked it was inappropriate he has to act like that's not what he meant or that's not right. what he said Yeah,
0: that's exactly it's a non-apology
1: yeah and just say you made a mistake that means more to her and to everyone else that heard well, what you said
0: that's what an apology is it, he shouldn't do what he did he should actually apologize i'm sorry for my remarks i i don't it was just you know asking questions sometimes that's tough in my position having to come up with questions and that came to mind and i didn't phrase it right and oh, i'm, or I'm even, super sorry
1: or even yeah i'm a dumb guy and i you know <laughs> sorry about that and sometimes my dumbness just really shines yeah, through
0: yeah yeah well i'm
1: just kidding he's not dumb he just does dumb stuff. Yeah, he just
0: does dumb stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So Cosby's still in the news. Everybody, hear that? The news. News. Uh, He is, it's not going away. It is not. Gigs are getting canceled left and right. And he recently sat down. He he had some exhibition of some African-American art that he was showing. It was on display. And he was going around to the different media outlets and he sat down with the AP, the Associated Press, and one of the reporters went through the entire interview talking about the art and then ended up at the very end of the interview asking questions. Here's a little clip that kind of talks about that exchange because up to this point, Cosby has been silent on the matter. We we played the the NPR clip with Scott Simon where he just was indicating, oh, I see you're shaking your head. You're okay. Okay. You're telling me to fuck off. You're okay. Yep. Mm hmm. No. No. You're not going to answer. Okay. Good. He did that. This didn't go down like that.
6: NBC says it has scrapped a Bill Cosby comedy that was under development, the second outlet within a day to put off or abandon a Cosby project after another sexual assault allegation against the comic emerged. It is against that backdrop that the Associated Press is showing for the first time a new portion of an interview with Cosby, taped on November 6th in Washington. The interview centered around an art exhibit. At the end of the interview, Cosby was asked about long-circulated accusations of sexual assault. And recent criticism from comedian Hannibal Burris. This is that exchange.
4: I didn't want to, I have to ask about your name coming up in the news recently regarding this comedian.
7: No, no, we don't answer that.
4: Okay. I, I just wanted to ask if you wanted to respond at all about whether any of that was true.
7: There's no response. Okay.
4: Can I ask you with the, the persona that people know about Bill Cosby, should they believe anything differently about what... There
7: is no comment about that. Okay. And, and i tell you why. Okay. I think you were told, I, I don't want to compromise your integrity, but um, we don't, I don't talk about it.
6: As the interview wound down, Cosby then continued the conversation. The camera was still running and Cosby and his wife were wearing lapel microphones.
4: Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Now,
7: can I get something from you? What's that? That none of that will be shown.
4: I I, I can't promise that myself, but you didn't say anything. I know I
7: didn't say anything. But I I'm asking your integrity that since I didn't want to say anything, but I did answer you in terms of I don't want to say anything of what value will it
4: have. I don't think it will. Ma'am? Have. What'd you say? Sorry?
7: What did you say? I
2: don't think it has any value
7: either. Yeah. And I would appreciate it if it was scuttled.
4: I hear you. I, I will tell that to my editors. And, and and I think that they will understand
7: Well, I, I think if you want to consider yourself to be serious, mm-hmm. that it will not appear anywhere. Okay. I appreciate what you've asked. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we thought, by the way, because it was AP, that it wouldn't be necessary to... Go over that question with you.
4: And we haven't written about this at all in the past two months. And but they want you know, my boss is wanting me to ask.
7: And if you so, will just tell your boss the reason why we didn't say that up front was because we thought uh, that AP had the integrity to not ask. You get,
0: and one other point on that, the, the one of the three major TV writers for the AP in Los Angeles called me up and, right. and asked me, Lynn Elbert, and right. we said, we're, we're not addressing it. So okay. she, she said, fine,
7: and just closed it off. Okay. And I think you need to get on the phone with his I will, yeah. person immediately. Okay. Okay, thank you. Okay.
6: Since that AP interview, two women have come forward publicly to accuse him of sexual assault. As the allegations gained increasing attention, the AP went back through the full video and made the decision to publish Cosby's full reaction to questions about the claims. The interview was on record. The AP made no agreement to avoid questions about the allegations or to withhold publishing any of his comments at any time. David Bruns, The Associated Press
0: little long but I wanted the the whole entire thing and it's in its in in context that he is a guy who uses his stature who uses his position who uses his fame who uses the gravitas of his being to try to get his way forcefully now that was not forceful physically but he was trying to strong arm that guy into not playing the clip and he's just a low-level reporter talking about African American art. He's not; it's not Dan Rather. He's sitting there with. He knows he can kind of push the guy around. And toward the end of it, the guy started to relent a little bit. Oh, when the, my boss just wanted me to ask the question. <sighs>
1: well, and w- what you mean is he was being manipulative by saying, "Well, talking about his integrity." and right, right. Can I get this? Can I get your word from you, your integrity, yes. and and things like that? So.
0: No, no, we don't answer that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) What the fuck? You know, his wife really rubs me the wrong way, and I know that all this is supposed to be focused on Bill Cosby, but she just rubs me the wrong way. She's smiling throughout the rape questions, too much. Yeah. Yeah, it. I know that they're probably telling her that she needs to be by his side, and she needs to look look a certain way and behave a certain way to not raise any questions. Like they're having problems because of it, right? But I think that's like. that seems like dirty to me that you would be able to do that because it's natural that when your husband is being asked about a rape allegation that you wouldn't be smiling yeah
0: absolutely your
1: natural reaction would be bummed out
0: and listen she's been married to the guy for who fucking knows 50 55 years a long time um
1: you'd still be bummed out
0: very bummed but and i'm not gonna i don't want to say that he, he, she is doing this because of the money, and what she, what would she do? But this is all she's known for, the better part of her entire life. V- vastly more than fifty percent of her life, she's been with Bill Cosby. So, hey, the guy's worth three hundred fifty million dollars. Maybe she should file for divorce, cash that check.
1: <laughs> I didn't know he had such a long term marriage.
0: Oh yeah, it's been early on. Hmm. Uh, married nineteen sixty four. Wow. So uh, that's a that's 50 years. That's yeah. 50 years exactly this year. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, uh, kudos, but what was going on? You you can't tell me that if this kind of thing was going on, if this kind of thing was going on, she had no idea.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, 16 women, I think it is now, that have come forward and uh, That's right.
0: Some anonymous and some some have come forward.
1: And that's that's a lot of people. And I mean, you would have to be angry, not just for the fact that your husband is a rapist and harming other human beings, but also because he's been putting you at risk all these years. Yeah. And that's that's alarming. Well,
0: just recently, the last couple of days, uh, a former NBC employee has come forward saying that he was cutting money orders to all kinds of women, setting women up in apartments. It's been, you know, a very systematic kind of ordeal for these different women that he has been involved with. Both, um, some even claim pregnancies and babies being born. So, yikes. So, that's all we had to say about that today or until after Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah. We'll see
0: what kind of (laughs) bullshit comes out (laughs) in the course of the next few days. But this story is not going away anytime soon.
1: And even if there is something after this recording and before Thanksgiving, it won't be on the Thanksgiving episode because no rape story is on Thanksgiving. That's
0: right. Thanksgiving will be conspicuously rape free. (laughs) So Uh, um, hopefully Obama recently gave his immigration address where he talked about don't turn turn it off. We're not going to talk about the immigration issue, but I want to talk about the reaction to his speech. He, he's going to give, sign an executive order, which is going to grant amnesty or whatever to like five million uh, illegal aliens. And at the end of his speech, he quoted a scripture. And this ensued on Fox News. We were
5: strangers
3: once, too.
8: So there, the president of the United States last night in the cross hall at the White House, invoking scriptures which I believe had to do with feeding the poor and the hungry, uh, and nothing about visas. There's the Bible scholar in chief lecturing us, telling us that it is not kicking people out of your country who've come here illegal is tantamount to quote oppressing them, and Mm -hmm. God is opposed to that. And God, by the way, is on President Obama's side. But this is a man who
5: you know claims to have been in church for a long time. Did he just read that? first in scripture and decide to use it right now we wonder Mm. charles Crowdhammer says hmm i'm wondering about that this is the audacity of
1: nope so the main issue that i have with that first part that we played is one there's there's a lot
0: going on yeah there's a
1: lot (laughs) but my main thing is when ducey who is the first guy that talked, and no, his name's not douchey, it's a douchey, yeah. although it's close and although you would get confused because of how he behaves. He's but,
0: definitely douchey.
1: Um, when he says, well, I think that scripture is about feeding the poor not and visas. not about visas. Yeah, it's like, well, okay. That's the problem with scripture is Republicans versus Democrats. They're going to interpret it in a way that's going to back up their own worldview. Right. And even if it was about feeding the poor... Uh hey, you Republicans like to listen to that? Like no, yeah, right. you usually don't. So, um then when Tucker Carlson proceeds to say that, well, I guess God's on Obama's side. Well, no, he doesn't believe that God's on Obama's side. God is on Tucker Carlson's side.
0: Of course. Right? Yes.
1: What is what is the deal here?
0: It, it's
1: wildly
0: disjointed. They they don't fucking follow one particular First of all, this flavor of conservative They're not my flavor. I think everybody can agree with that. I do consider myself mildly conservative, but I am not this flavor of conservative. If you're going to follow the Bible and you're going to have that inform your political views, which most of these rejects do, um, you got to at least follow the red letters. And for those of you who used to be in the church like I... um,
1: The red letters are Jesus. The the
0: red letters are the words that Jesus allegedly actually spoke. Mm Mm-hmm. And he did talk about the poor and giving, giving everything away and following him and charity. I, that's part and parcel with the message of Christ for the most part. There's some other terrible shit, but that is a big part of it. He was a liberal hippie. He was not this warmongering freak show that they want to make him out to be. They want to talk about love and grace and Galatians and all that shit, but they don't want to live it when it comes to giving money to charity and being, being loving and embracing immigrants, whether they be legal or illegal. It's a problem. It's a problem for them. Yeah. It
1: becomes a problem. And it becomes more of a problem when people like Obama, someone they disagree with, starts using a scripture that they would normally like because they are so blinded by their bias That's that right. when someone they don't agree with starts using it, they have to immediately figure out a way to disagree. Well,
0: it's. I said this last, last election cycle, uh, the last general election during the presidency with Mitt Romney, that he... He did very well among evangelical Christians, even though most the lion's share of evangelical Christians believe Mormonism to be a cult. So what they did, people like my parents, they put their religion on a back burner to their political ideology. Right. Because if they truly believe Mormonism to be a cult and not a true Christian church, they would not have voted for that man. But because it serves their political need, they do it. Right. So what's more important to them? Jesus and the Bible and their church and their God or the GOP? <laughs> I mean, what is it? Well. So anyway, we, we cut out the entire droning on message.
1: From Charles Krauthammer.
0: Of, of Charles Krauthammer. And the, the, the conversation continued after him.
1: And had they done it that way,
8: uh, gone through the actual Congress, it would be law. But right now, what he is suggesting and what he's going to do, is just temporary.
5: Well, you mean by seeking counsel of those who are elected to no. voice of the people, as does <laughs> no, I mean, Proverbs eleven fourteen goes again it to a scripture showdown, where there is no guidance, <laughs> the people showdown. fall. But in the abundance of counselors, there is victory. The way of fools. It right, seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. That's Proverbs 12, 15.
8: Oh, i got to say, we can have a political debate, but for this guy specifically, the president who spent his career defending late-term abortion, among other things, lecturing us on Christian faith, mm-hmm. that, that's too much. I mean, that is too much. We always hear it, the Christian right, the Christian right. This is the Christian left at work, and it's repugnant. How many times uh, over the last six years, eight years, have we heard this president, then senator, uh, badmouth George W. Bush? A million times. Right. Last night he actually quoted him in a positive way, which I think was the first yeah, time. Whatever it takes, so I guess that's the point. Whatever, pulling out all this stuff
5: But not communicated with him, as we heard from George W. Bush. But himself, to quote scripture—that is totally out of bounds. I mean, that's just. Out Do you think of it's bounds. out of bounds? I just quoted scripture. Back. No, I think it's It's, I, off. Think it's just out. different. It's outrageous yeah. for him to
8: suggest that people sure. who oppose this are somehow oppressing, quote, oppressing yeah. immigrants.
5: To use it, right? To guilt someone into—and that's certainly yes. not. Yes. Uh, I don't think what anyone the scholars behind the Bible would interpret as proper use. No. Perhaps
8: there is other news. Amen.
5: Amen. Amen. Will say. <laughs> <laughs> all right. great. And all the people said. <laughs> and all the people said, amen, Heather.
1: Now it is.
0: In true Fox News fashion. News.
1: Yeah. So Gretchen. No, that's not Gretchen. No,
0: that's Elizabeth Hasselback. Right. Sorry. Who, who, hang on. Up to this point. I've always thought that she got a bad rap when she was on The View and that I really, cause I never, you know, I watched the, didn't watch The View. So I just, I just assumed for some reason that she was this innocent bystander who just got attacked by these other women. She's a, a fucking idiot. She's quoting scripture on the most popular news, cable news station network on the, on the fucking earth. And she, She's quoting scripture. That is amazing to me. She's turned the morning show Fox and Friends into a fucking Bible study refuting what the president of the United States happened to have said in a speech.
1: Well, I think the funniest thing about what she said is that the scholars of the Bible would not agree with the intended use being used to guilt people or oppress people. Like, are you kidding me? Um, I'm pretty sure all three of those Fox and Friends hosts are against uh, gay marriage. Yes. So using scripture to guilt homosexuals and oppress homosexuals, you seem pretty keen on that.
0: Right. There's... They don't mind that guilt factor. They don't mind that faction and that method of oppression. And
1: the thing is, there is a problem with President Obama quoting the Bible. Absolutely. Inappropriate. He's choosing one religion over another, and that is not something that should be happening in the United States by the government. Well,
0: the other thing is, he doesn't say, the Christian scriptures teach us, or the uh, the Jewish and Christian scriptures teach us. He just says the scriptures
1: but we all know what which text it comes from fuck you
0: muslims it's the real scriptures that i'm going to read from it's just it's inappropriate for a president for for any purpose given an address to the nation and ultimately the world to be quoting the fucking bible listen let me tell you something liberals went crazy when george bush was perceived as a guy who would pray and take the answers that he got from jesus because you know he had a bat phone straight to jesus they would go crazy talking about how it's it's inappropriate that we have a man who prays for his for his answers on how he's going to lead the country and ultimately the world and they were right that is not good right right but the same exact fucking rule applies to President Obama standing at his presidential podium and quoting scripture.
1: And this is the problem. We always talk about the echo chamber and surrounding people, surrounding yourself with people that think exactly like you. If a Republican president had used scripture... Tucker Carlson oh, wow. would have had an accident in his pants. Yes. Now. <laughs>
0: well, and liberals would have had an accident in theirs, but for the wrong, the other reason.
1: Yeah. For a less enjoyable experience. And <laughs> I, I just, I don't, I don't wow. like that. I don't like that. Because... I thought you were
0: talking about pooping your pants this whole time. And now oh. I find <laughs> out it's the other thing.
1: Pooping can be enjoyable for some people as well. Not like that, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just feel like it's really disingenuous and it's, you know, he's being a partisan hack.
4: Of
0: course he is.
1: And I don't, I don't like that because it influences people. I, anyway, we talk about it all the time, so you get it.
0: So here is what's great this led me to look into Tucker Carlson a little <laughs> bit.
1: Oh, it was so much fun.
0: And there's a lot out there. Right?
1: Oh, it's great.
0: We have a few clips here for you. And a lot of them didn't make it the cut, and they're really good. The ones that didn't make the cut too. I didn't include in here where he's getting smashed by by uh, John Stewart from the Daily Show on Tucker Carlson's old CNN show. See, Tucker Carlson is a guy who's kind of a journeyman. He's been on CNN on on had a show. He's had a show on CN- MSNBC. He now has he's a, a player on Fox. He's just whoever will 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 pay him he's going to go and and be a dancing monkey right so this is an exchange that happened and this also has to do with a little scripture this is an exchange he had with a woman named kristen powers who is kind of the the in-house liberal commentator over at fox even though she's well you'll get the you'll get the picture
5: this
2: is called hawkishness. That's not hawkishness. That's un-American. Well, so, oh, so it's, gotta, it's un-American.
8: So you're Could saying that the United States has an obligation. Yes. Anyone who's suffering around the world has a right I, to come here and be supported break, by you and, and me. And break
5: the law. Hey, break have you law. ever been to the Statue of, law. of Liberty? I'm sorry. This is how we actually to Okay, I, I like the number, but, no, but the world, I, I love that you're you know putting I mean? it in clear like language. So you're saying in Congo, for
8: example, where there's saying, been a war for 20 years. I'm saying yes, every Congolese has a moral right to come here. We've you have a moral obligation a to pay for it.
5: We
1: are a refuge okay. to the people of the world who look to us as a shining city on the hill. Does that sound familiar we to you? We would have. But all those I people did you know, it legally. legal. Not, no, immigration, no, it, uh, immigration Why is everybody today to break is the
2: law? so radically different. And immigration and asylum are not the same thing. So I have a moral
8: obligation you know? to share my earnings yes, and my country with do. people I've never met because they are, are you suffering. A Christian? I am absolutely okay, a Christian. Okay, have
1: you read the Bible? Because This Bible, is not a theocracy. So no, no, no. This is, is not. Countries is not you're run no, according you're to you're Christian precepts you here. Don't This is not a theocracy.
0: And this country is not run according to Christian precepts.
1: So this begs the question... You you
0: heard it here first, folks.
1: (laughs) This begs the question, why was Tucker Carlson's criticism of President Obama's speech on immigration, not having to do with the fact that he used scripture and how that's inappropriate for a president to do, because this is not a theocracy.
0: And, and our system of government's not based on Christian precepts. Right. Sh- that's absolutely what he should have done.
1: But no, his issue was that he was using scripture in a different way, interpreting it wrong. Right,
0: well, it's also... And trying when, to oppress people. When a liberal points out the flaws in his theological quilt that he's blanketed himself with... He's, oh, no, this isn't a theocracy, but it, it's only when it suits him and when it serves his purpose Right? Can, can, can religion be intertwined into what the fuck we do here.
1: Right. And that was a terrible show on Fox, by the way, called Outnumbered, and it's with one male and then, I think, five females. No,
0: there's others, so.
1: But it, it should really be called Outnumbered because there's usually only one liberal, and you heard her getting attacked by everybody collectively. Right. Who, who would sign up for that situation? The,
0: the pay must be good.
1: That is an S show.
0: So, yeah, that is an S show. So, the other thing that I pulled, there's several others coming, but they're good. They're really good. It's the, He's not even a kind to those who are billed ahead of him. And I don't mean Bill O'Reilly. the Chris Wallace, for instance, is a guy who is a respected journalist. Yes. He's not a partisan political hack. He's not a Bill O'Reilly. No. He's not a Sean Hannity. He's a straight newsman. And this happened when Tucker Carlson tried to bait him in to his political hackery.
8: Here to weigh in is Chris Wallace, host of Fox News Sunday. Chris, the president, as you know, spoke last night to the Congressional Black Caucus about Obamacare. and Here's part of what he said.
3: Let me say as clearly as I can, it is not going to happen. We have come too far. We've overcome far darker threats than those. We will not
8: negotiate. We've overcome far darker threats than those, he tells the Congressional Black Hawkers. That is a dog whistle. That is the race card being played. Can you see any other explanation for it? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I I think to get to the real point, though, uh, they are not going to compromise on this. Isn't it news if the president says in congressional black caucus, we have overcome far bigger threats? I mean, isn't that it's taking the rhetoric to a new place, is it not? (laughs) I don't know, Tucker. Do do you want me to talk about uh, the health care? Yeah, if you would. Yeah, that'd be great.
0: Okay. What's awesome about that? <laughs> Brittany's ready to lose her shit right now. What's awesome oh. about that is Chris Wallace, who's the son of Mike Wallace of Sixty Minutes fame,
1: who recently passed.
0: Yeah, uh, Chris Wallace is is a very well respected, and he's also he's up the totem pole, right? He's far, far <laughs> a ways up the totem pole than 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 the the the, the schmucky uh, bow tie wearing Tucker Carlson. So. It's just odd that he would try to bait him in. And also, Tucker Carlson lacks the intelligence and nuance of of ability that Chris Wallace does. He's he's a, he's a fucking zen master.
1: Yeah, I love how he was not fazed by it at all. And it wasn't even like he was trying to be nice at first. He was like, yeah. Anyway, to get to the heart of the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had no patience for that BS at all.
0: So this is another thing. We're moving right along here. This is another thing that happened um, that goes to Tucker Carlson's Christianity and love of mankind (laughs) and um, his
1: giving nature.
0: Well, he just his adherence Mm. to the scripture. Mm.
8: All right. President Obama, it's always about Obama by the White House, called the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles and during the course of their conversation, thanked him for giving Michael Vick A second chance now i'm a christian i've made mistakes myself i believe fervently in second chances but michael vick killed dogs and he did in a heartless and cruel way and i think personally he should have been executed for that he wasn't
1: (laughs) i believe in second chances but uh he should die
0: yeah listen i'm a christian i've i've made mistakes myself (laughs) and i so i believe in redemption but Michael Vick hurt dogs and killed dogs, and I believe he should have been executed for <laughs> Because I'm a Christian.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: So I just, one more time, this is a little quick snippet. And then th- the interview also went on, and he said a couple other things. But this is just to revisit it, because it's just so tasty.
8: Now, I'm a Christian. I've made mistakes myself. I believe fervently in second chances. But Michael Vick killed dogs and i think personally he should have been executed for that he wasn't i'm all for forgiveness i think there are some things that are unforgivable and michael vick did did one of those things in hurting dogs <laughs>
1: wow. i just i hope that tucker carlson Also talks about you know other serious issues too about and has the same moral high ground Uh, you know like the Sandusky stuff. Did he make those kind of statements about Jerry Sandusky and I wonder. Yeah, it makes me wonder too. Or
0: or or not even Jerry Sandusky. There's many other things that are worse than killing animals. There just are.
1: Yeah, and I mean killing animals is terrible, but he's like he just seems a little over. Over the edge on that one.
0: Maybe he really, really loves his dog. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on and we're, we're wrapping it up here. There's just a few more clips. This gets into some territory that I really think is interesting. Yeah. And it deals with men and masculinity. And, and how
1: Tucker Carlson defines masculinity. Well,
0: you know, when you think of rugged masculinity and individualism, <laughs> you think of Tucker Carlson. Yeah. I know I do. You know being a former united states marine
1: Jesse was a marine, everybody yeah, yeah
0: uh you know and i I consider myself a man, I consider myself physically capable i'm I'm a man i'm not i uh, <laughs> but i'm not also not afraid to be sensitive and all the other shit, but anyway, let's get into this and we can we can address all of that story. This is a very sad story. Get out your tissues this morning because Popeye, you know, I mean, was part part of growing up in my house watching Popeye, you know, the Sailor Man, the original iconic Fleischer Studios cartoons that we all know and love. Well, here, take a look. This is what he used to look like. This is the original Popeye. And now, according to some leaked photos, the new Sony Pictures version
8: of Popeye will look like this without... The iconic anchor tattoo and the smoking pipe. Are they wussifying Popeye? Well, of course there was. Nothing is scarier to a modern liberal than tobacco. If Popeye were driving around giving the morning after pill to fourth graders, that would be totally fine. But smoking a pipe, a single of freedom and masculinity in
0: America itself. Uh, all right. <laughs> Did everybody hear that? But smoking a pipe, apparently a pipe, smoking a pipe or smoking tobacco is a symbol of freedom and masculinity itself. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. You smoke, you're masculine.
1: Yeah. So Popeye is the symbol of freedom and masculinity.
8: But smoking a pipe, a single of freedom and masculinity in America itself.
1: Mm. (laughs) There's just...
0: He clearly has a Kung Fu grip on what is manly and what is masculine. Yeah. So...
1: So apparently it's one of his favorite topics, masculinity.
0: That's right. So it goes on. Not this. This is That was from one single show. This is another show. This is with him on the, the aforementioned Outnumbered. The mm-hmm. name of the show is Outnumbered, Brittany mentioned earlier.
2: Are men out of touch with their masculinity? Adventurer Bear Grills taking some heat today after declaring, quote, manliness is in crisis mode, saying instead of using spears and brains and courage, modern men are relying on modern technology to survive. And he says... That's a big problem. Tucker hunts in Maine with his brother with a spear. <laughs>
8: that much I know. This is what you said to me today,
5: which is so funny I'm on the phone I'm getting coffee. I'm like, okay, Harris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like,
8: that's a man. Never with a spear. This is I think this is I think this is real. I mean, part of it is somebody told boys when they were little, use their teacher, you know, be sensitive, be thoughtful. And some of that's fine. Too much of it makes you pretty unattractive to women. And this is one of the reasons, because it suggests weakness. And one of the reasons that you meet all these super impressive, really attractive 35 year women who want to get married but can't find a man mm. is this. There are just a ton of losers out there. I,
0: I don't even know where to begin here. It's, it's so aggravating that this little weasel, who, when you look at him, he is not the picture of masculinity. He's he is a, he's a little wuss. He's a little wimp.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't like that he's talking about masculinity when it just seems like he's talking about human issues.
0: Well, like being responsible and all that.
1: Right, that's but, just a human responsibility. Yeah, but it's he, not a when, man thing.
0: When he's prescribing how much sensitivity men should show. Shut the fuck up, Tucker Carlson. I'm a guy who cries openly at movies.
1: Yeah, it's uh, like he's a, he's like, it's like he's an eighty year old man.
0: The yeah. way he's talking. Like yeah.
1: men can't be sensitive. Women by their by age thirty-five want to be married. It's you know, it's just like a weird thing that he's a weird frame of mind that he has.
0: Well, he just assumes everybody follows the edicts of the hyper masculine Tucker Carlson. Anyway, it goes on. There's a lot of this show is maddening because everyone talks over one another. But this is the kind of the, the 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 tail end of it uh... from the same episode.
8: Being masculine is taking responsibility. That's what it means to be masculine. Men who, on the second date, let their date pay for dinner. We talked about that. Are, are giving. I mean, I'm sorry. That's disgusting.
4: We and I don't have,
1: care.
8: I mean, like, what the is new norms offers? are like. What is, he shouldn't allow it. By right. the way, how do I get to
1: be yeah, just- no. So. <laughs> Um, I don't think disgusting is the best word for that.
0: No, Brittany. Men who allow women to pay for dinner on a date, that is disgusting behavior.
1: Um... It's
0: disgusting.
1: I... He didn't poop on her food. He just wants to, like, let her pay for it. Well... It seems I, like...
0: He's not even allowing for the guy to l- want her to pay for it. It's if she chose to let him pay for it, or or if if he... If they come to an agreement, they're going on a date. and She's like, hey, you paid the first time. I'd like to pay this time. Tucker Carlson says, no, he shouldn't allow it. Yeah, he it's shouldn't weird. allow it. It's weird. What What the fuck is he not going to allow? It's, it's another human being who's, I would like to pay. No, I won't allow it. You're my property. I say what goes. That's fucking weird.
1: Yeah. Talk about things that aren't attractive to women um, trying to tell us that we aren't allowed to do something. You're not allowing right. us to do something. Goddamn. No That's kidding. not something that flies anymore because right. we have rights and we're our own person. I wonder if
0: he knows it's 2014.
1: I don't think he does. That's what I mean. He's talking like someone who's like 80 years old that doesn't understand that times have changed. Yeah. Women now work. Some women choose not to get married. Some women choose not to have children. And all of these things are okay. Totally okay. Times they are a change in, Tuck. (laughs) All right? And it's going to be okay.
0: Yeah. Holy shit. All right, we're moving on. So recently the Office of the Child Advocate, I believe it's in Connecticut, they released their report related to Adam Lanza, who was the shooter... In Newtown, Connecticut, that killed all of those children in that elementary school. And there were some very eye opening details. Brittany?
1: Yeah, so the child advocate's mandate was to scour Adam Lanza's life for warning signs, lapses, and communication breakdowns that could lead to reform in Connecticut's school and mental health systems. The report's authors offer dozens of recommendations that they hope will make children and families safer and mental health treatment more effective. Thousands of pages of records were subpoenaed in the 22-month probe, which included consulting with experts ranging from FBI profiles to child psychiatrists. This is a 112-page report, so it's very long. Yeah, comprehensive. It talks about the many instances where Adam Lanza could have been helped, but he wasn't. And a lot of them have to do with his mom, unfortunately, intervening and saying... Or
0: not intervening.
1: Well, intervening in Adam's prospective treatment, saying he's uncomfortable at this hospital. We need to go home. And then taking him home when he felt uncomfortable. And unfortunately, from the beginning of his life, there were warning signs and his school was starting to pick up on it. And he had communication issues. He was showing obsessive-compulsive disorder very early on he was obsessively washing his hands so much that they were peeling and dry and his elementary school at one point gave him lotion but didn't do anything past that
0: that seems that seems putting a band-aid on a gushing open chest wound
1: Right, and there were other instances, like he wrote a violent and graphic school book about homicide, gunplay, and war, including a comic book called The Book of the Granny and 7th Grade War Essays. Wow. And none of those things triggered psychiatric treatment. So there were just many, many, many times where he was showing signs and someone could have intervened, but they didn't. And...
0: Didn't they also reach out to the father... And there's only so much he could have done because he didn't have physical custody.
1: Right. And so one of during one of his most serious times, he was being evaluated by Yale clinicians. And his mother took him out again. And they sent an email to his father saying, listen, there's some serious problems here. We think that we have a treatment plan for him. We think we can help him. But apparently that didn't work out.
0: It, it's really... It's a sad thing, and the only good thing that comes out of these type of tragedies is furthering the attention on our dire need for comprehensive reform relative to mental health in this country. That we have people who who have treatable conditions. By all accounts, Adam Lanza was someone who could have been helped. And they were trying to help him, if not for the obstructionist behavior of his mother. And also irresponsible behavior of his mother by leaving unattended firearms at the ready available to him.
1: Well, and yeah, that's problematic as well because he was showing early signs of being interested in homicide, right. in guns, and that's abnormal.
0: Well, look, it's it, it's a sensitive topic and no one's going to want to... No one is going to want to criticize the dead, and especially Adam. Oh, Adam, Lent, she did everything she could. She didn't do everything she could. She failed. Had she followed Yale University professional advice, this may not have happened.
1: Okay, well, the report doesn't say that. Of course, because not we don't. Well, that. listen, we don't know that for sure, because there are people that are mentally ill that receive help, that get medication, that. Let's say he received medication and started taking it, and he stopped taking it. It helped him for a while, but mm-hmm. he stopped taking it, which very often happens because people don't like the way the medication feels, and it feels uncomfortable. It's different, and he stopped taking it. Well, then he went on a spree after he got help. I mean, well, that that's a very yeah, but, plausible situation. But
0: Let's take into effect the whole butterfly effect that... But- he would have led a different course and gone down a different way. Who knows that his thoughts would have been, I'm going to go to Newtown and mow down many, 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 many innocent children. Maybe he would have just gone into a Seven Eleven and shot a clerk. So there would only be one life lost and not
1: 20 children, six staff and his mom. So I get what you're saying, but I just feel nervous, I guess, saying things like you did about his mom. And listen, no, you're I get it. not saying it. it. I know. Hearing you say it, I guess. Um, (laughs) Nancy Lanza obviously had her own issues, you know, that she was not able to let her son go and and get help and that she was trying to protect him and keep him close. And that's obviously not what the most beneficial thing is. So ultimately, I think what the best thing about this story is and this report being released is that hopefully it is a message to people that know someone like this. I
0: agree. Families However,
1: that have a child like this.
0: I'm not saying that the the weight of everything falls on Nancy Lanza's shoulder, her shoulders. I'm saying that she bears some of the burden. Some of the responsibility falls to her. Falls on her.
1: And I would agree with as that.
0: As 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 it does on the father.
1: I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was just this this all this calm. All these factors came together and created this giant problem from school counselors only giving him lotion when he was a very young person exhibiting obsessive compulsive disorder and they only give him lotion for his hands. That's a problem. Or, you know, he's in middle school and he's writing essays about murder and guns and you don't refer him to the school counselor. That's a problem. So just at every stage, everyone was failing him and then this happens and then people want to talk about how he's evil well he's not evil he was sick
0: very sick and And i I don't everyone would know that both you and i don't ascribe the moniker of evil on adam lanza right i mean it's it's just he was his brain was broken It needed to be fixed. It needed to be healed.
1: And that's the other benefit, I think, to this report coming out in the news is hopefully people will read it and see that side of it rather than just thinking, oh, yeah, he's an evil person. Well, he was someone that could have received help. And we need to change the conversation related to mental illness and really focus on helping these people and intervening before something bad happens.
0: Yeah, that's good. So we'll put a link up to that on the site. If you'd like to check it out or if you'd like to sound off about this or anything else we've talked about, the number, and I'll say it slowly, I did receive a little feedback, but I say <laughs> the number a little fast and some people couldn't hear it. The number is six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. How's that? It's en- good. Annunciation.
1: It's also nice when things get a little contentious here.
0: You like that? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if the audience does.
1: Oh, I'm sure they love it.
0: If you'd like to sound off about that, the number 657-464-7609, <laughs> we'd love to hear from you. you like can either, an
1: auctioneer. You can either
0: leave a, a three less than three minute voicemail or text that number. And seriously, we we would love to hear from you and you know play it on the air and further the conversation, move the conversation forward as it were. So there is a man named Ami Horowitz who recently went to the campus of UC Berkeley waving an ISIS flag and make he was making a point um he's waving the ISIS flag and trying to get college students reactions of either support or condemnation for what he was doing and in his video that he posted which we will also put on the on the Facebook page it it appears that all of Berkeley loves ISIS
1: <laughs> cuz he also that's the first part of the video then he juxtaposes that with him waving an Israel flag
0: oh that's that's right and then there Flipping him off, telling him, fuck you.
1: F Israel. Yeah,
0: they're a bunch of murderers, Which all that.
1: is an expected reaction from the students at Berkeley. <laughs> of course. So my issue with this is, I believe it's propaganda, well, and I believe it's disingenuous. Someone you
0: know posted this on Facebook. Right. And it garnered a lot of support. Oh, God, I can't believe they're doing that. When And you pointed out.
1: Well, I feel like I'm well-educated about ISIS or ISIL, as I will say, going forward.
0: Right. And the the reason we're saying ISIS, because is they've been, they were saying ISIS in the thing. Right. Clearly exactly. we have changed our direction. Yes. And are now saying ISIL. So from this point forward. Yes. It'll be ISIL.
1: Yes. Yikes. So I, <laughs> so I I feel like I'm pretty well versed on ISIL, but if I were to have seen the flag before watching this video, I would not have been able to point it out and say, yeah, that's the ISIL flag. Yeah. I would not have known that. Now, you would have, but I wouldn't have. So maybe I'm dumb. No, I'm not. That's perfectly fine.
0: I'm not saying that. Don't get all fucking butt hurt.
1: I'm not getting butt hurt at all. I'm saying it's very possible that I'm a dumb person. You're not
0: dumb, (laughs) dumbass. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I would have recognized it. You wouldn't have. That's it.
1: And so I think most people on the campus that are walking by it don't know it's the ISIL flag. It's a black flag with... Arabic writing on it.
0: On the top, in the middle, is a circle. Yeah. I I think it's very plausible, very likely that most of those college kids don't didn't recognize that as the ISIL flag.
1: Right. It doesn't explicitly say ISIL in in English lettering (laughs) that they would be able to see. So in the beginning of the video, he is yelling about ISIL and he's yelling support for ISIL, blah blah blah. But no one's really around him when they show him explicitly stating ISIL. Then he starts saying things about how Americans are killing people in the Middle East and Syrians don't deserve to die and America's killing people. And then he starts getting agreement from people when he says those things, not after him saying something about ISIL. At
0: no point does he get a positive reaction right after having said the word ISIS because he says ISIS. Right. He
1: uses ISIS.
0: At no point. It's only after he says that propaganda type stuff about how America is slaughtering the Middle East and blah, blah, blah. And of
1: course, Berkeley students are going to agree with that. He knows they will. He knows they will. So that's the whole point of the video. But what I don't appreciate is that everyone is acting like students at Berkeley support ISIL. And that's not what's portrayed in this video. Right.
0: Well, it's again, it's his weirdo take, his propaganda,
1: because just like when he's holding the Israel flag and someone walks by and says, F Israel, right. if someone was really in support of ISIL, they would have walked by and said, yeah, ISIL. They would have used right. That's right. the phrasing. Yeah. No one did that. And then also he took their inaction as support. There's many times when I walk by goofballs on campus and I don't say anything to them. Yeah. No I just shit. look at them kind of like, yeah, that's happening. Yeah. And I continue
0: that. Look at that crazy person over there. Yeah. So he and this guy is an he's an asshole. He he is certainly he, he went on a Canadian news show. It sounds like it's not m- maybe news, but more like opinion. I don't know. I don't know. Michael Corrin. Um, I don't know who Michael Corrin is. I don't we don't get Canadian news down here. And, I wish we did, though. So I love so that, his accent. Not only his accent, I like the guy's attitude. I like this guy. So this happened at the onset of Michael Coren's show.
6: Hmm. He's a filmmaker, Amir Horowitz. He joins us now from New York. Now, a couple of questions. We're going to get to the rest of this story later. Uh, these are university students, thus they're not very bright. Do they actually know what the flag was? Oh, Canada. I'm sorry, am I required to do that before we do an interview in Canada? No, I'm not no sure how, how Shut up and here.
3: get on with it, please.
0: <laughs> that's the only thing I want to play because I I fucking love that guy. But it points to a couple of things. One, it points to less seriously. It points to the fact that this Michael Corn guy uh, is he's acting in a very Canadian way. <laughs> Even when he tells him to shut the fuck up and get on with it, he finishes it with please. Right. No, shut up and get on with it, please. That's this just <laughs> awesome. But more more importantly, and to the point, it shows how not serious. This, this, this uh, Ami Horowitz guy is. Right. It, he, it just shows how not serious he is about the issue. He's going to talk about ISIL and about American uh, co- collegiate support. Right. Student support for this
1: horrible,
0: horrific terror organization brutal murderers he's gonna go on and talk about it but he's gonna start making jokes singing the the canadian national anthem what what is he doing
1: right it's it's very disrespectful
0: he's just a fucking idiot
1: you actually brought up another good point too the fact that he made this video the propaganda in my opinion and is trying to say that berkeley students support ISIL that is rather offensive right. to people. Yeah. I mean, they cut the heads off of other human beings. If you support ISIL, there's a real problem there. It's, and he's suggesting they do. It's
0: akin to what the Yelp guy did several episodes back where he accused us of supporting ISIS, ISIL.
1: Right. Simply for criticizing religious beliefs. Right. It's,
0: <laughs> it's unbelievable. And it it pissed me off. It 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 it's enraging. It's not Anyway, this guy's clearly got an agenda and he's he's not serving it well because he just comes across like an asshole. So. So apparently multiple studies have just been released that kind of indicate that uh, money might just buy happiness.
1: Yes. And this is kind of a controversial topic for a lot of people. People like to think that money does not buy happiness. People like to think it does. And of course, it's reasonable people that think it does. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and
0: well, I don't think it's easy as does it or does it not. But I think that if you are, if you want for nothing, the things that you'll be unhappy about are different than the things you'll be unhappy about when if you're poor.
1: Right. So this is a Wall Street Journal article that I'll post on the Facebook page, and it kind of reviews many different studies and many different. Outcomes related to money buying happiness. Mm -hmm. What kinds of things do you need to buy in order to be happy? How does it inform happiness? There's many different variables, but.
0: Just food? Is food in there?
1: No. (laughs) It should be, though. You can buy lots of uni, and that makes you happy, right?
0: Some people. Makes me really happy.
1: And smoiked oysters. So. One of the studies says, we found clear evidence that in just about every country around the world, rich people are happier than poor people, and people in rich countries are happier than people in poor countries. So this just seems like common sense. (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: It seems common sense to me. I don't know.
1: But people try to say that money doesn't buy happiness.
0: Well, just because there's Unhappy poor people. I mean, unhappy rich people.
1: And happy poor people. Right.
0: Doesn't mean that that's not the case. But I think that having money, you have far greater probability of being happy.
1: Yeah, you have a far greater probability of reducing stress. They also
0: say that giving to charity leads to happiness. Right. And you have... Listen, if you're poor, you're not given to charity. If you're rich, you have, you have the ability to give far more to charity, which also makes you happy.
1: Right. And that's another one of the studies referenced in here where oh, yeah. they gave money to a group of individuals to spend on themselves. And then they gave money to a group of individuals to give to other people. And the individuals that gave money to other people reported feeling happier than the group that was told to spend it on themselves and yeah. did spend it on themselves. So... They also have a study in here that talks about how spending money on experiences makes you more happy than material goods, but not immediately. People immediately feel better after buying material goods, but that happiness wears off. And that kind of makes sense. Like if you buy a new purse that makes you super happy, well, in a month, you don't really care about that thing anymore, especially when someone spills beer on it and it now has a stain on it. So
0: (laughs) that's. You're talking about you.
1: I'm not talking about anything specific. I just that's just one scenario and that popped I'm, in my head. I
0: did not spill beer on said purse. A waitress at a restaurant in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, spilled beer on your beautiful leather purse.
1: Yeah, now it has a streak down it, but you know what? That's okay. Um, so, so
0: is it so is it the experience of buying? That's what makes someone happy?
1: Oh, no. So it's the buying, buying experiences. Spending your money on experiences rather oh, than material goods. So okay. traveling, going to concerts, going to a movie. Making memories. Right, making memories. Actually going out in the world and doing something as opposed to just purchasing something that you're going to have laying around. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. That yeah. kind of thing. Makes sense.
1: And so in conjunction with the research about rich people being happier they also found that there's kind of a point where that stops and that point is at an income an annual income of $75,000 a year
0: I I don't understand say it say again what is it that what stops at $75,000 a year
1: happiness no it doesn't happiness did not rise
0: above so if you make 150,000 you're just as happy as the person that makes 75 they say
1: right yeah, so mm, happiness did mm, not rise after mm. a household reached an uh, annual income of approximately $75,000. A household income of $75,000? Well, listen, they did, however, find a Was consistent... Was the survey in
0: Calcutta? Because that doesn't make any fucking <laughs> sense. Seventy five dollars is not that much money for a household.
1: They did, however, find a consistent rise in overall life satisfaction. Mm. So you mm-hmm. you feel more mm-hmm. satisfied with your life when you get more money, but... Life satisfaction and life happiness are apparently two different things
0: I think so, I think so yeah yeah
1: and just just so that you know when I'm talking about seventy five thousand dollars, the study goes up to five hundred thousand dollars okay annually and they also have charts in here and it's really funny because how happy are you for that question? It's very happy, fairly happy, not too happy, and it's a bar graph. And the not too happy people just fall right off by the time you get to $100,000 a year. That category is just gone. They're they're none. And more than $500,000 annually, 100% very happy. (laughs) (laughs) I would be too. I totally get that.
0: So we will also put this on the Facebook page for your approval and your perusal. Apparently, if you text a lot, or if you look at your phone a lot, you are at risk of breaking your fucking neck off.
1: Yeah, there's a new thing called text neck.
0: It's kind of like those Taco Bell commercials that featured Shaquille O'Neal back in the I, I don't know early 2000s with the taco neck, and he would eat his taco and turn his head to the side hmm. to eat the taco. Yeah, this
1: seems familiar. Yeah,
0: so it's kind of like that, except it's not taco neck. It's text neck,
1: right? And it happens from the strain of constantly staring down at your smartphone. They say the human head weighs about a dozen pounds. Probably not <laughs> Jesse's. Hey, what? Well, uh, but what in the fuck? Hey, what? What are you doing? And just you have a big head.
0: Listen, my giant pumpkin head, notwithstanding, I don't need this kind of abuse. <laughs>
1: All right, you have a big head. So as the <laughs> as the neck bends forward and down, the weight on the cervical spine begins to increase because of the fat head. So at a fifteen degree angle, the weight increases to twenty seven pounds.
0: Did you say cervical spine? Yes. Cervical, like the cervix.
1: That's how this is spelled. Huh?
0: That's no. I believe you. I just I... look. I don't. I've never taken an anatomy class. I don't know. It just seems like the cervix is a little lower than the neck.
1: Yeah, well, you're dumb. (laughs) So at 30 degrees, the weight becomes 40 pounds. And at 45 degrees, it becomes 49 pounds. At 60 degrees, it's 60 pounds. So you can see as you're bending your neck down, the weight is increasing and it's becoming problematic. So according to research that is going to be published in next month's journal of surgical technology over time researchers say this poor posture which they're now calling text neck (laughs) can lead to early wear and tear on the spine and even require surgery oh no
0: more money for surgeons
1: so they're saying it's an epidemic or at least it's very common so um and they say just look around everyone has their heads down to kind of prove their point so i guess what the solution is is to bring your phone up to eye level
0: or just lay around on a couch all day with your phone above you.
1: Well, then it falls on your head and hits your nose.
0: Not my head. Although the gravitational pull (laughs) of my head apparently is overwhelming like a supermassive black hole.
1: Well, also the target range is larger because of your giant head.
0: All right, we're going to wrap it up with this, folks.
3: of so today
2: A gym teacher in Stockton is facing charges tonight. He's accused of mistreating a student. The teacher was caught on camera trying to drag a 14-year-old girl into a swimming pool. All of this as her top was coming down in front of the teacher and other students. The child spoke exclusively with Inside Edition. It's disturbing video sparking concern and outrage today. A gym teacher dragging a teenage girl into a pool. Listen as the screaming girl does her best to resist the teacher a hulking middle-aged man keeps yanking away makes me want to cry seeing the video now the teenager who asked not to be named but whose mother permitted us to interview is speaking out exclusively on inside edition our gil samara is the children. family's attorney
4: no means no stop certainly means stop this was carried
8: on for more than a minute and a half two minutes he dragged her down from the stairs she's got big bruises on her leg At some point as an adult, you have to say, what am I doing?
2: The girl says she didn't want to swim because she had just gotten her hair done. But her gym teacher refused to excuse her from swimming. That's when all hell broke loose. It happened at a high school in Stockton, California, south of Sacramento. Several of her classmates were so upset, they threw water at the teacher and hit him with floats to try to get him to stop. But he yells at them to get out of the way. No! No! The teenager even shouts out that her top is coming off in the struggle. I was really upset. I was embarrassed and angry that he was doing all this in front of people. And just putting his hands on me. Her mom, Susie Garcia, says she was horrified when she saw the video captured on a cell phone by her daughter's friend.
1: You don't expect a teacher to do this to your child when she goes to school. The
2: gym teacher, identified as Denny Peterson, has been suspended from his teaching job and charged with bodily injury to a child.
3: It is absolutely not okay,
8: ever, for a man to put his hands, especially on a 13-year-old girl we
2: can't even imagine what he was thinking this happened at stockton's edison high school back in august the teacher was put on paid leave for a month and then assigned to another school he was put on leave again today after a news station told the school that he has been charged with misdemeanor
0: corporal injury to a child there's a couple things that really shine out here to me one is one this guy's a dumbass he's a He's an asshole.
1: I think he's more than a dumbass because he's... He must be... Something must be going on upstairs. You think he's
0: wildly unstable.
1: Yes. I mean, you you need to control yourself, one, if you get so angry that you're going to be putting your hands on somebody, especially when you're a teacher.
0: She's barely a teenager. She's yeah. She's 13 years old.
1: And all she's doing is not getting in the pool. Calm well, down. here's the deal. E-
0: even if her excuse for not wanting to get in the pool is stupid, just got her hair done... <laughs> she still's not going in, then send her to the principal's office. Right. Or give her an F for the day or for the swimming lesson or whatever the fuck it is. You don't drag her. If someone's not wanting to take the math test, you don't drag them around to a different desk to take it. You, all right, well, you fail. That That's it.
1: Yeah, you don't bend their hand around the pencil and make them right. Well, you
0: certainly don't put your fucking hands on a student.
1: Right, and that's what he was grabbing her, pulling her. She was on the ground, on the concrete, next to the pool. She was wrapping her legs around other people, trying to yeah. get them to save her. And, and he around was...
0: him, to try to get to... Because if she goes in, he goes in.
1: Right, and I mean, it's it's hard to watch.
0: Well, I'll tell you this, uh, they're going to get paid. This, yeah. is, this lawsuit's going somewhere, and they better get on the stick because Stockton's getting ready to file bankruptcy. <laughs> it's the largest municipality in the country other than Detroit to file bankruptcy, and they're, they're getting ready to not have any money to pay out anything. Right. So it's, uh, or I don't know if the insurance would pay the, the school's insurance, but um, it, it's problematic. This guy, he needs to be fired. He needs to be out of the kid instruction business.
1: Right. I guess this could have doubled as a taking care of biz because he was trying to take care of biz. And
0: they're going to take care of biz with a lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah. So he is definitely the asshole of today. And with that, we thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening. We always appreciate you taking time out of your busy weeks and your busy days to visit with us and to move the conversation forward. If you got a little time, go to dollamore.com. Up in the top right-hand corner, there's a link. Support the show. There you can find an Amazon search bar where you can buy floaties. So if you're ever thrown into a pool, you will not drown. There's also a link to patreon.com where if you have a little spare change that you'd like to throw our way that could help defray costs, that would be great too. Either way, we love you, whether you give or or whether you support the show monetarily two other ways that have nothing to do with money though. That would be awesome. If you would do rate and review the show on iTunes, it takes about a minute and it helps us a lot to get our, our podcast listed in the new and noteworthy section and also up high into, uh, the what's hot section of news and politics, society and culture, and believe it or not comedy. Um, it, it does help us a lot because it it helps us to find new listeners or for new listeners to find us. So if you haven't done that and you do listen to the show, please, please go rate and review. It would be super helpful. Other than that, we'll see you for our Thanksgiving episode on Wednesday. We love you and thank you for listening. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. Thanksgiving will be conspicuously rape-free.